You're listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast, recorded in Kingston, Ontario, Canada, at CFRC, 1019 FM, Queen's University Campus. Episode number 101. Here we are, Taylor. Yeah, we're we're now we're now back at the beginning. Um, in TV world, that's how they number your pilot. is It's always in the hundreds, so it's one hundred and one is your pilot episode. So I guess we're repiloting. This is the first episode of our next one hundred. How exciting! Season two. Let's let's do it. <laughs> season, um, two. <laughs> season two. Season two. I feel like we're in season. We've already been in. This would technically be, yeah, like it would be, th- it'll be three years this September. Yeah. Would be the start of th- year th- three or, I don't know, um, something like so that. Really, but yeah. if, we were doing, if we were following like sitcom scheduling, we would technically be in the summer hi- hiatus. Yeah, this is the summer hiatus. We would have successfully done, yeah, I guess it would have been, we've completed two seasons. Because I'm trying to think, we've done two Oscar Holes. We've done. What else did we do? Yeah, like two Halloween. Two Halloween. So yeah, this this would be technically we're done two seasons. We're getting ready for season three, which is where a lot of TV shows used to change things up. Your third season, they're like, okay, we've established things, but we got to get if we want to keep our audience. Recasting. Yeah, we got to do some recasting. <laughs> we got to do something weird, like set it in space, like something always happened. Season three of shows that used to be the thing to try to change things up. So we'll see what happens for us come September. Well, I mean, there's law. I mean, (laughs) COVID itself has been a big change. You're getting married. That's that's a common sitcom thing in the third season. Someone gets married, so that's uh, a. I think we're already on the path to be a very interesting third season. We'll keep it fresh. Yeah, we'll 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 try. Um, This week uh, we're going to talk a little bit more in depth about movie theaters opening. Um, For those of you listening in other places, in Ontario, um, movie theaters are starting to reopen. They were given permission to do that. The screening room, as we've talked about here in Kingston, reopened just this past Friday. So we're going to run down some of the movies they have playing. We're going to talk about movies that Taylor and I have both seen, give you some reviews, maybe tell you which ones are worth uh, leaving the house for. I feel like I haven't seen any of these movies. You've seen a couple. Um, because I'm pretty sure, didn't you review The Invisible Man back in the, back of the day? Oh, I did. That's right. Because yeah. <laughs> it was on my list of like, oh, here's, here's the four, I've seen four movies that are currently playing in the screening room. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm pretty sure Taylor's seen The Invisible Man because I think she reviewed it before nope. I did. But okay, that was me. <laughs> and then, okay, never mind then. Um, also, there's a bunch of movies that are playing at the Cineplex, which also reopened. And I thought, just to be fair, we'd also mention some of the other th- movies you can go see there. So, Taylor, maybe there's a few there that you've seen. We'll read it out. We'll get to it. We'll see. We'll, we'll see, see what, uh, what you think. Um, also, just for our fans who know, because everybody kind of writes in, um, we are taking a little bit of a break. So we've done some pre-recording. So this episode, um, which is episode uh, coming out on August uh, 4th in around the area, and the episode coming out on August 11th, both of those are pre-recorded, so there will be no fan questions as a part of that. So if you are thinking of writing in the next two weeks, 
just remember we won't be addressing it till around the 18th or just save your questions and email them in uh, to us a little bit closer to that episode. But the next two weeks are kind of fun pre-record episodes. We're talking about uh, the movie theaters opening today and we got a fun episode next week as we talk about movies set in the summer. Summer movies, what are our favorite uh, movies set in the summer? So just so everyone knows, that's why you're not going to hear fan questions and if your question doesn't get answered that you write in this week, it's not because we're ignoring you. It's because we're not recording again in our normal time slot until the 18th. We're kind of, in a way, on summer vacay. Mm-hmm. We did this last kind summer. Of. We usually do this around Christmas. We try to give ourselves a little bit of a break. I mean, really, it's only one week <laughs> that we're giving ourselves, but still, <laughs> hey, we'll take it. We'll take it. We uh, yeah. we like to, to take a little bit of a break here and there, um, but then we'll be back August 18th. Chances are with stories of us going to uh, the movie theater. Fingers crossed. I will see. I'm still a little nervous. Well, you were going to give it at least two weeks. That's what you had said before, yeah. right? Yeah. playing in Canada. I don't know about the states, but it's playing here in Canada. <laughs> so we'll get into that later in the show. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I want to go to the movies. I'm just nervous. I know. And, and I mean, again, I'm the same way. I, I kind of am leaving it for the first weekend of the screening room being opening. I'm not, I'm not going to see anything within its first weekend, but I am planning on seeing. Actually, The Hunt was the movie that I put. I put a little of the movies playing, I have two of them that I'm like, okay, I really want to see these movies. So The Hunt I'm going to go see within probably the next week. Certainly by the time we're back, I'll have gone to the screening uh -huh. room and I'm going to go to the Cineplex because Jurassic Park is playing there and I want to see it on the big screen again. Cool. Because just, I just want to. <laughs> it's one of those movies where... Well, it came out when I was a kid. So yeah. like 93 or something. So I... I I really can't remember seeing it in the theaters, even though I know we would have gone. Um, so I, I'm really excited to see that in the theaters again. I like that, that we're getting some classics mixed in with some films that were supposed to open, didn't open, kind of did. We've talked about it before, how, um, you know, some films just really have been made for the big screen. Yeah. And I feel like Jurassic Park is one of those. Like, yeah, you can watch it on a, your TV screen, but there's something about being in the movie theater for kind of like those big 90s blockbusters. And I think um, the work they did in CGI and practical effects really holds up today. Um, even though some of the CGI, you know, at quick glance, okay, yeah, it looks a little dated, but if you kind of put yourself in the mindset of when this movie came out and how much of it is, for the most part, practical effects. Um, the few moments of CGI you can kind of you can kind of forgive and just get into. Um, so I, I still think the movie holds up for all those reasons. And, and it's uh, yeah, it, it, just like you said, it's you got to see it on the big screen, and you don't get these opportunities every so often. So might as well. Just like Jaws is playing. Jaws is playing That's as well. Yeah, yeah, and Gravity. 
which is another movie that like I think is best enjoyed on a massive screen. Not not to the same level as Jaws and Jurassic uh, Park is, but still, um, it's one of those movies that I think you really get something by being in the big theater. So let's so get we dive in? yeah, let's get to it. Um, let's let's start <laughs> at the we screen room. Yeah, I mean, we kind of started <laughs> just going through what's playing, but but let's focus on the screening room first, and let's talk about yeah. what's uh, what's opening there. And I guess Taylor hasn't seen anything, so it's going to go differently than I thought. I honestly thought you had seen at I least the movie. Like okay, cool. Well, why don't we start there? Because because they're playing some classics too. Why don't we start with the two classics that are that are being played? Um, Casablanca is is showing and Clue is showing. So you want to talk about Cla Casablanca first? Why don't you give your your feelings on that movie? It's got, you know, back when major, major movie stars, and it happened for years, were kind of like the thing you went to. Like Humphrey Bogart um, was, you know, as big as you can get in Hollywood. And um, uh, Ingrid, Berg Ingrid Bergman. Ingrid Bergman, yeah. Um, and I think that that's something that actually continued for years and well into the 90s, that big name stars could be a huge draw to the theaters. And only, I think, in the past... 20 years or so has that started to actually shift and change um but for forever it was these huge names could draw you to the theater so yeah casablanca is again it, probably a film you don't get a chance to see on on the screen very often i think it's always with these classic movies it's always worth checking out if you can like we are so fortunate in kingston to have an independent theater where um, they're willing to show classic film. And I know Cineplex kind of, um, over the past couple of years, have been doing kind of, they've done a few special screenings. Mm -hmm. But I actually don't know anyone who's attended the special screenings of Cineplex. I only know people who've gone to the screening room. I, so I went to one. Are they fairly accessible, or is it just like... It's one day in the middle of December, and if you miss it, you miss it. It's that one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I went to see um, the Rear Window, the Hitchcock movie, um, yeah. and uh, and I think oh, I maybe I also saw Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, 
Um, and yeah, they were like, here's the time it's playing. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah, whereas the screening room does does a little bit better to like mixing in, okay, here's your three or four show times, here's your opportunity yeah. to see it. Yeah, yeah. Or it's like part of their screening series where you know like it's the third Thursday yeah. of August yeah. and you can make plans. I guess also just because um, it's so much easier in a way to get to the screening room. I mean, now now I have a car and I actually live in the West End, so Cineclex is actually closer. But I remember when I was in university, um, I wasn't going to necessarily take a bus to go to Cineclex. Oh, for sure. Um, and there's something to be said about the screening room is so intimate. Even though you have the big screen, it's a smaller theater. So to me... It's nicer for um, classic movies. I don't know. I think it'd almost be weird just because of blanket and it's in a flash. I, I actually couldn't agree with you more on that. I, I think there's there's something about going to the screening room that adds to the feel of these classic films. So when I'm going to go see... Yeah, like if, if I had a choice to see Casablanca at the Cineplex or at the screening room, no knock against the Cineplex because I love movies everywhere, I would go to the screening room. Because I do, Agreed. with ex- your exact reason, I think the movie-going experience with that, and just the screening room has that such a, a classic feel to it that I think it really adds to the atmosphere. Yeah, it's a whole experience. Yeah, without, without a doubt. Um, so there you go, that's, that's your review. Taylor says, see it, Casablanca. <laughs> Yeah, very straightforward. And you're right. Sometimes when a movie's good, there's there's not much more you can say about it than it's like, this is a good movie. Go see it. This is your chance. Um, I, I've seen Clue, 1985's Clue, which is also playing at the screening room, um, a classic movie that, that's, you know, very, very interesting um, because, you know, Christopher Lloyd and uh, um, Tim uh, Tim Curry uh, are, are kind of two of the stars in that. It, Clue is a movie I, like, I can't remember even the context of me watching this, but I remember the first time I saw it, I was a little younger, and I either stumbled upon it, or we always used to, you know, go to the, in, it, we're back in the small town I lived, we, you know, had small places where you'd go rent movies and rent VHSs or rent DVDs or whatever at these places. I think I, like, stumbled upon Clue and loved the game and was like, oh, this will be interesting. What a weird movie Clue is. Um, but it's, it's just hilarious. Um, it takes itself super seriously, which makes it all the funnier. Um, it, you know, it's literally the board game, but in, in a movie. They show up and this butler's like, there's been a murder and you're trapped here and we have to solve it. And all these random people who have no experience solving anything have to kind of figure out what's going on um, in this very, very, like, it's mu- very much a satire film, um, and I, I think it's spoofing some very specific um, caricatures and very, very specific um, uh, movies of its past, but but it's very much a satire. It's a very fascinating movie, um, just because if you've ever played the board game, it, it's exactly what the movie is and that that's what might make you go well wait but like what's the plot and like there's a lot of plots and there's a lot of endings that's the one thing i remember from this film is i mean i guess light spoiler alert but i'm not going to get into the details of it it ends like eight times 
with a bunch of and different the things. And going to show all of the endings. Yeah, <laughs> which, is, which is fascinating because I, I think that's the part where I just, like, I, I lost it watching it. Like, I, I was, you know, chuckling here and there, laughing here and there, but I laughed out loud consistently as they kept rewinding and basically doing a new ending. And each character became more and more, like, I remember, this is very, 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 very light spoilers, but I remember there's one character who's kind of bumbling, who's, who, who reveals himself in one of the endings to be a secret, like, agent, undercover secret agent, and suddenly becomes very suave and, like, does these cheesy one-liners, and I just lost it. Like, I couldn't believe the wackiness that was the ending. So I'm glad to hear that they're playing all the endings, because I, I think that really is what makes that movie complete, is there's all these different endings to it. Um, I, I remember a friend bringing it to my house in high school to watch the sleepover, and I can't remember if we watched it or not. Like, I specifically <laughs> remember bringing the movie, um, it sounds like it's right on my alley, though. So whether or not I've seen it, it sounds like a movie I would see. Oh, and yeah. And again, out of the current lineup, um, if I wasn't so nervous this week, it would be very likely that I would go see this. So fingers crossed, maybe Wendy will keep it for a week longer at the screening room for me to <laughs> get the nerve up to go out. But... Um, this would certainly be a movie that I would recommend. Just like, in terms of like the zaniness, right? Like, yeah. it's, it's gonna be a good summer movie, um, breezy, not too long, about an hour and a half, so like a good amount of time to wear your mask. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and it's. You have to keep that in mind too. And, You're you know, keep in mind. Oh, for sure. And keep in mind, an hour and a half. With the end, usually it's that's I believe that's what the endings included. So the actual movie <laughs> takes maybe an hour and twenty minutes, <laughs> and then we got ten minutes literally worth of endings at the end of it, which is what the zaniness comes into. I, without a doubt, Taylor, this is a movie you would enjoy. I, I really believe that. I think you'd get a kick out of it, um, and I do think it would be would be fascinating to see because of you know it, it was a it was a, I think it came out in the eighties, but. It feels very much like a movie of an earlier time, like a movie of the '60s, because again, those are the types of things they're spoofing. But that that but it's got that '80s kind of humor to it, and that '80s kind of zaniness to it. So I, I really think uh, I think I it's, it's worth it. Movies. Yeah, I think it's really worth seeing. So I, I have to say, Clue is a see it again, also for the similar reasons that I'm that that you gave with Casablanca. I think there's not a lot of opportunities to see this with an audience. So when, if I'm sitting there, it's okay to be nervous. You know, you're saying you're nervous of, of, of going out. I think a lot of people are. So if I'm sitting there and, and nervous about what to do and I want to make sure I go for something that's, that's worth the nerves of, of what's going on, go see something you would never get the opportunity to see otherwise. And I think Casablanca and Clue are two of those films. You're not going to get oh, a no chance question. to see it. It's enhanced by having an audience for sure, even at a reduced capacity. Um, so yeah, I would say definitely head to the theater to see those. Um, next up, uh, I, I'm, this one we'll talk very briefly about cause we've already done an episode about it. Portrait of a Lady on Fire, um, was the last I movie. That. I did like it and it was the last movie that, that we reviewed, that I reviewed before we went into court. Cause I think we did Portrait of a Lady on Fire and then we did Sonic and then COVID yeah. happened. 
<laughs> so, um, portrait. Very interesting. Why not? Yeah, very, very interesting. <laughs> um, both back in the theaters. <laughs> um, portrait of Lady <laughs> on. Yes, yeah. So go back to that episode uh, to hear my four, my full thoughts on it. But, um, you know, I really enjoyed it. I thought that the imagery was very powerful. And I thought for a movie that is very, uh, very much in, in two different languages, I believe. I don't even think it's just one. I think we addressed this the last time. I know it's French um, and, and another language. Um, and, you know, I've talked about how subtitles can go by fast. This was one of the movies that I didn't even think the subtitles were 100% necessarily. Yes, to know exactly what's going on, but you got so much of the emotion and the action by the way that, that it was shot and the way that it was, um, it was the, the two actresses did and the way everybody was in that film. Um, so I really strongly believe that it's, it's the type of movie that benefits from being on a big screen because you can quickly get those subtitles, but it's also so good that if you don't speak French, it's, it's okay. Like, you're going to get the gist of this, the, the the movie. So I did enjoy it. Portrait of the Lady on Fire is playing back to the screening room. Um, I believe I gave it a see it. So I think so. I'll stick to that. Go go see it. Um, again, I, we're about to get into a couple movies that I, that I actually would suggest don't run to the theaters for. But if you're looking at something to go see, I, I do think Portrait of the Lady on Fire, again, is something that is enhanced by the atmosphere that the screening room creates. So I think it's a great uh, great film for that. And it's another one where it's hard to say whether or not you'll be able to stream it fairly easily. Part of me almost feels like it's on Amazon right now. I, uh, you might be like right. You? That does sound right. Um, we'll, we'll try to quickly look that up, but uh, I, I believe I've seen it. I think I have seen it somewhere. Let's see. Portrait of a Lady on Fire. So it looks like Yeah, so it's not on. It's not on my Amazon Prime, um, but uh, maybe, yeah, maybe on Netflix. Um, so the minute I try to load up Netflix on my computer, we'll hear whatever the preview is for whatever movie they have there. Um, but yeah, I, I. But it is one that is, for the most part, it's generally harder to find these types of films. Yeah. So um, yeah, it, it definitely is worth seeing. But I, I remember very much liking it, and um, it, it is fascinating that that and Sonic became the two movies that I think of the most when I go to see when I go to see movies or when I think about going to see movies I should say is because those were the last of, of the kind of like normal quote-unquote time <laughs> I try to think back to what, what we were thinking and feeling and I was just like yeah you know gonna gonna see a movie this week see what's playing next week because I, I even remember not seeing, I saw Portrait of Lady on Fire, and then I thought, ah, okay, Taylor's seeing Sonic. I'm not really going to watch anything this week. I'll go see a movie next week. <laughs> Little did we know. <laughs> <laughs> Little did we know. In August, I'm like, okay, gotta. now I'm going to go back and, and see something. Um, but, oh, you know, I'm, I am glad that, um, that they're bringing that movie back because I think it got a bit of a short run before COVID. Yeah, I wonder if that was part of the thinking. Like she had, she had anticipated showing that for at least a week or so longer. Um, I don't know. 
Make, be interesting to, makes sense. I mean, again, it, it would be interesting to find out what what their thought process was. But yeah, I mean, it, if if it was either doing okay or it just didn't get the run it, it, they thought it should have, it makes sense to kind of bring it back. Um, next up, uh, talk about the Invisible Man, the movie I thought Taylor saw, um, which you in fact, which I in saw. fact saw and talked about. And uh, yeah, the Invisible Man, um, you know, it's it it's all right. Um, I think Elizabeth uh, Moss does a great job in the film. Um, I think it's okay. Very talented. Very very talented. Um, but I, I, you know, again, it, would I would I say Russia to see Invisible Man? I think Invisible Man especially this iteration of it, I think it 100% is something that you can, can watch at home. So I'm, I'm kind of, in this context, going to say stream it because there's other movies that I would say I would be choosing over The Invisible Man to, to A, see again, or B, see at the theaters. Um, but what I will say that they did a good job of is I, I thought they updated the story in a really interesting way. Like they made it, I'm sure I talked about this before, how they made it very much centered around um, her relationship with this guy where she's being abused, she wants to escape him, and has no idea that he has ba he's basically been creating this technology to, to make himself invisible. And there's a lot of twists and turns in it that, that are fascinating. And it, it's, a, it's a fun movie. It's a good horror film. Um, with a great performance, but I do think it's a stream it for me because you can you can sit down and enjoy this at home without needing to, to risk leaving, without needing to, to go, especially for those who are feeling nervous and apprehensive. I would say The Invisible Man isn't what I would, I would see. I would go see something else instead um, of The Invisible Man and just uh, catch that on a streaming platform at home. That's, I would say... Um Right now, it's kind of a, a case of weighing your options. Mm -hmm. And I feel like you could definitely find The Invisible Man elsewhere. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I always, so, think, I always think about what is, um, what is going to the theater add to the experience or add to the film. And I just don't think The Invisible Man, you get anything out of, out of that. So, yeah, if you can find it elsewhere, if you can still enjoy it 100% on a small screen at home, then, then I would say do that. Yeah. Um, the next one that I saw was Emma. So Emma is a movie that I actually saw during the, this COVID time. Um, Emma is, a, you know, a comedy-ish sort of. Um, it's a Jane Austen it's piece. Considered it's considered a comedy. It's more light-hearted, I would say, than it is funny, at least this version of it. Yeah, like it's... it's light-hearted Yeah, it's, it's charming. The film has a lot of charm. Anya Taylor-Joy is very, very good as the lead. Um, she was in um, Split and Glass. Um, she's a, a young actor who has a massive future ahead of her. Um, but, very, she has a very distinctive look. Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. Um... Now, Emma, see, Emma is one of these movies that I'm very, like, I'm very torn on, and, and I'll kind of tell you why. It's witty. It has a lot of charm. I maybe laughed out loud, like, three times or four times. It's not really that type of movie. You don't, like, sit there 
just like a com like you know any comedy you would go see and you're just laughing and laughing and it's hard to breathe and it's just hilarious. Um, this movie is more just an atmosphere of humor where everything's a little bit witty, everything's a little bit off. Um, but I don't know if it quite lands with modern audiences some of the humor that would have been, I assume, in the book that I'm not sure 100% translates to to the film, if that makes sense. Like, I don't How know... How did if, you watch it? Um, I, I, I watched it, um, I watched it, uh, like, on demand. Um, I, it was just one of the, one of the films that, um, on demand was offering, and I, I paid for, like, I don't know, a handful of movies over this break of just things I either had, that's how I saw it eventually, um, Bombshell, um, and a couple movies that did come on demand. Um, so, I, I enjoyed it, but, like, with comedies, that's where I'm always stuck on a rating system because I would say, well, maybe with an audience, the, this, the comedy would actually be enhanced. But I don't know if there are laugh-out-loud moments in this movie. Like, I really think it's just witty at times, and there's a couple, but there's no, it's not like a one-liner thing. It's not like the characters are super outrageous other than Bill Knighty, which is, this is, I think, the first movie I've seen him in that I've actually liked him. Um, but it's just... I just think there's a translation problem from when this book was written and what humor used to be to what humor is now and what works in a movie versus a book. So I think that there's some there's some translation to the screen issues that happen with Emma. I think it, I mean, I haven't seen Emma, but I would say that just seeing the, the trailers and stuff, probably people who are a fan of Jane Austen and are a fan of, like, that kind of period piece, they're probably going to get a lot out of it. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. And and if you're if you're a fan of of Jane Austen's, then I think absolutely you're you're going to get um, you're going to get a lot out of this movie. You're going to laugh and you're going to get all the jokes, and you'll probably you know you you naturally add things from your your kind of knowledge of a book when you're watching something so you can kind of get away with certain things but but to compare I'm trying to think of something like of a similar era to kind of compare it to and there actually isn't I don't think much comedies of this particular era that's not an outright satire you know of of this era but I don't know if there is a direct comparison um, that I can draw but Emma I, there's just Someone who like would enjoy this type of movie usually would be me because you know I, I love comedy and I think the acting was good and it was it was sort of a fascinating movie in, in some ways. I just don't think everything they wanted to do landed, and I just don't think there's a lot of outright humor, which is why I would call it more of a lighthearted film than I would an outright comedy. Fair enough. Um, so Emma, you know I'm. I'm kind of in the middle on. I, I'm going to give it a stream it, um, but I understand that there will be lots of people who are drawn to to Emma when coming back to uh, coming back to the theaters for the first time. And again, I do think it's a very good summer movie because it is very it is very light. It is very fun. It's almost um, I don't know. It's almost sophisticated, <laughs> you know, in, in in everything. It's just like sophisticated humor, and it's like a, there's a certain there's a certain level of of 
that that I think you can feel going to this movie of like, oh, I just saw Emma. It was delightful. Now let's get some gelato and walk by the water. And like, it's, it's very, I think it fits in well for, for a summer movie. Perfect. So stream it for Emma. Um, those are the movies that I've seen at, that are now playing at the screening room. Now you mentioned that there were movies you were interested in seeing, um, which I thought would be interesting for us to kind of go through and talk about what we were looking forward to seeing. So I think you said Blood Quantum was a movie you were interested yeah. in seeing. So what do you know about this film? Only the, like, one take. When a zombie apocalypse strikes, a group of indigenous survivors fight for their lives. I think it's a Canadian movie. Um, and the interesting premise is that, yep, yeah, so it is Canadian. Mm-hmm. The interesting premise is that zombie, there's a zombie plague, but it seems like the indigenous inhabitants are immune. And so, um, there's a group of indigenous survivors who essentially have to protect everyone from these zombies. Um, so I'm not a huge zombie fan, but having watched recently that Quebec Ball film about zombies, um, and it is cool to see Canadian horror. Um, I do have an interest, and it's, again, it's one of those movies where if you miss it from theaters, um, it might be a little bit more tricky to track down, because um, as we know with Canadian film, <laughs> it's not always easy to get it. It's really not. Um, I mean, it may end up on CBC Gem now that we um, have access to that, but anyway, so that that movie sounds um, certainly, it sounds kind of up my alley, sounds interesting. The Globe and Mail wrote, George Romano uh, should be spinning in his grave in a good way. So, um, and it has 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, the, you just, you definitely changed my, um, changed my approach to my movie going here, Taylor, because you got me interested yeah, in this you movie. Want to see this? Yeah, I didn't even, I honestly just, maybe it was just, it's just my own way of, of looking at, uh, looking at movies. When I was looking at the list, I just, I just didn't even read a thing about this movie. I saw its title and I was like, eh, <laughs> and just kind of moved on. I didn't read, I didn't know any of what you just said. It could, it could sound like blood quantum. You think, oh, this is going to be like a Jason that's what I thought. I thought it was like, oh, this is one of those Jason Statham rock movies or something at Vin Diesel and he turns into a superhero. Like, that's all I thought it was. And I just kind of moved yeah. on because there were so many other things. I was like, okay, I want to see this. But but you, you've you changed my uh, my mind on that. So I think I'm, I'm just noting this and I'm going to make sure, sh- I'm going to change my movie going plans this week because I've got to go see that movie. It's um, good, but... <laughs> it sounds incredible. Um, and the fact I that it's a I Canadian film even, too. I think I might've even seen, um, hold on. So I read a lot on the AV club, mm-hmm. um, that they do kind of pop culture and even the AV club had a write up about it. And it's pretty rare that Canadian film ends up. Oh, it was at TIFF in 2019. So really, like, it is, um, yeah, I think it, I think it's going to be a good one. Yeah, and I, I think I want to see Canadian film, especially Canadian films where it looks like they are spending a budget and making those attempts to 
really, you know, fix the problems with Canadian film that, that are out there and the issues that happen in the quality of it, which make even film fans like me kind of go, oh, I got to watch Canadian. Like even, I will like admit to our fans and to you, when we were doing the Canadian movie club, at first I actually was like, oh, I'm not looking forward to this. Like this is almost like dragging my feet to make sure I got to watch these movies. Now I was pleasantly surprised. Pleasantly surprised. I felt the same way. Yeah, and that's, but that's, you know, I think this is the thing. Sometimes there are, there are thoughts and feelings like that that are well-earned, and unfortunately, Canadian film has, has well-earned my distrust of it. Um, but I was pleasantly surprised by all three movies we picked, and I want to try to make sure to support Canadian movies when they, they are able to spend some money and when they're able to really try to put together quality film, um, and even if it's not perfect, still go to see it. So I, I think the way you're describing that movie and the fact that it's a, it's a Canadian film, I'm, uh, I'm going to check out Blood Quantum for sure. Cool. Um, I guess, what were some other things that I wanted to see? I did want to see Clue. Um, there's an interesting documentary that is um, airing that I've seen. Um, I've seen a little bit of buzz about it. I think that the theater in Waterloo was doing, um, they were doing, they were selling tickets essentially to stream movies through their website, so almost like renting a movie, but you were renting it through the movie theater. So I think the Princess Cinema um, was selling tickets to this documentary. It's called The Painter and the Thief. Um, Our listeners know that I always like making it out to documentaries um, when the screening room offers them, and this sounds like a good one. Um, the little blurb is, after two of her prized paintings are stolen, an artist forges a relationship with the troubled man behind the heist. Mm. So, um, I don't know a lot about it, other than the fact that this man stole two of this, uh, this um, girl's paintings, and she then asked for him to sit for a painting, and over the course of this um, sitting, I guess they develop a friendship. So, um, again, not, I don't know uh, a ton about it, um, other than, of course, it is a documentary. Um, the painter is Czech. The documentary is from Norway. So I would anticipate there um, it not being in English for those people um, who aren't a fan of um, subtitles. Um, but, yeah, it just I don't know. It sounds like an interesting character piece, really. I don't even know how a documentary would have come out of this, in a way. So, yeah, it was interesting. Um, it has 96 on Raw Tomatoes, so that's pretty good for a, a documentary. Um, those are kind of the movies that I'm really interested in seeing at the screening room. The Trip to Greece is um, playing. I think I know um, some older people in my life have mentioned, oh, is that the one where they go to Greece? I want to see that. <laughs> I don't know anything about this one. But yeah, well, Steve Coogan, he's he's a big uh, big one draw when it comes to, to some older crowds. The older crowds. So, Love Steve um, Coogan. I'm sure parents, parents, in quotes, at least parents that are the age of my parents are probably going to be interested in that one. Um, there's another documentary called Bread and Everyday Miracle. I saw that one, yeah. Um, 
you actually watch it? No, I just I, oh, I saw that it was playing and, and I actually watched the um, trailer that the screening room put on because just because I again it just it happened to catch a name can catch attention and this is the thing again it's 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 my own bias why I, I passed Blood Quantum but I gotta say this is a marketing issue and I take umbrage. Um, bread and Everyday Miracle did catch my eye, you know, that title. So that's why I watched the trailer and actually looked into the movie a little bit. Um, so let this be a lesson to to Quantum. See, I can't even remember the name. You that's can't problem. judge a book by its cover. No, but Quantum Blood, Blood Quantum Blood is, Quantum. yeah, see, it's Blood Quantum. And I do, it's it's a Vin Diesel, Jason Statham movie as far as I'm concerned. So we maybe they'll explain what that kind of means and why it's that title, and I'll feel differently after seeing the movie. But yeah, Bread, an everyday miracle. I actually watched the trailer because I was like, this is kind of interesting. Um, and it's, it is in, it's in like three or four different languages with English subtitles. Yeah, English, German, French. So I assume, so the description is, once merely a basic food stuff, Bread has now become a brand name product with ever more varieties and suppliers. But do we know what we are actually eating every day? So that sounds like an interesting um, food documentary. Um, and then I think this is one last, I believe it's a documentary. It's called The Booksellers. And this one is about um, booksellers in New York. Mm -hmm. so yeah, that's a doc. Three, three interesting um, documentaries right now, very different documentaries. Um, so for anyone who's interested in documentary film, you have lots to choose from right now. Yeah, and I, 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 that again, that's what I like about the screening room. You've got so many different options of films that you can go see. Um, but again, you know, in terms of what we're saying, we're, we're recommending Portrait of the Lady on Fire to go see, um, Casablanca and Clue, but uh, Invisible Man, Emma, maybe more of a stream it, and then, yeah, we're we're now very excited to go see Blood Quantum. Um, I will be definitely checking that out. Um, but it's good that there's documentaries mixed in here. You pretty much have your pick of different types of movies. I think there's a little bit of everything. You know, there's there's comedy, yeah. there's there's action, there's a zombie apocalypse, there's documentary. Like it's it's good that there's a nice mix, something for kind of everybody to see at the screening room, which is great. So should we switch gears and look at what? Offering right now. Yeah, let's do that. And let's start very much in the same way that we did with the screening room. And Taylor, why don't you talk about Sonic the Hedgehog again and just remind us about Sonic because that was the last movie you saw and reviewed for this show prior. Now, was this was this your last theater going experience as well before the COVID? I think so. I think so. And um, I know when I told Wendy that, she kind of groaned. But <laughs> in, in all honesty, it was a very enjoyable movie-going experience. Like, I was pleasantly surprised by Sonic. Um, it was one of those movies, Dan and I don't have um, a lot of overlap when it comes to movies that we like to watch together. Um, and so, for Sonic was me compromising. Right. <laughs> and, um, it actually was really enjoyable. Um, Jim Carrey gets one of his I would say, like, honestly, one of his better performances. I think Jim Carrey is a very talented comedic actor. Yeah. Um, and when he's given permission to just go full Jim Carrey, it's always a delight. And really, like, when they let him kind of just um, 
go wild. His, his scenes were the highlight of the movie. But overall, it was a really good movie. I think my biggest critique of it was that um, Sonic obviously is animation. Uh, and there was times where you could tell the actors didn't really know how to act um, to a green screen or act to, like, blank space, if yeah. that makes sense. I yeah. think that was my biggest. James Marsden is um, kind of stars opposite Sonic. He's like Sonic. Sonic's human buddy, right? Like they're, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and James Marsden, he always, in my opinion, puts in, like, a pretty solid performance. Yeah. He's one of those actors that, you know, um, I wouldn't say he's, like, jaw-dropping in the way Jim Carrey is, but he no. always puts in a very solid performance. Very yeah. perform- you can You can count on him being what he needs to be. He's going to be good. And he was exactly that in this movie. My only complaint was there was some time where his performance felt a little bit unnatural in the sense that you could tell when he filmed Sonic wasn't there, right. if that makes sense. Yeah, and they did um, do all those, re- they had to remaster Sonic as well. Exactly. <laughs> so it might have looked different with the old Sonic, um, but there, that was kind of my major complaint. I can't remember if I gave it a see it. Um, I think at the time, I was it was either a see it or a stream it. Um, Pre-COVID, it, was, it probably was closer to a see it. Um, now, in the midst of COVID, am I telling you to run out to go, is Sonic the first movie you want to see? Maybe not. <laughs> the same time, or the same time, if you're looking for a movie that you can just enjoy, a good summertime movie where you, you know, can escape your worries, kind of check out, not have to think about COVID for an hour, 40 minutes, Sonic might be the one. You know what I mean? Like, if you are looking for a true movie-going experience, maybe Sonic should be your first movie after quarantine. Um, so, um, so you actually you gave it a stream. It that was okay. your that was your official uh, rating. Um, I was just going back and looking um, at some of our ratings, and yeah, you. I was actually looking at what were the movies leading up to Sonic because I saw Downhill and you saw A Hidden Life right before. We did yeah. Sonic and the Portrait of Lady on Fire. So, yeah, you gave Sonic a stream. So that kind of fits in with what you're saying. You know, maybe oh, maybe yeah. it's not worth running out to the theaters to see that movie. I would, yeah. To me, it's still a stream it, especially given that it is not, it's not really a new release anymore. Uh, well, it's not a new release. <laughs> um, but if you are really looking for a movie where you can just check out and feel quote-unquote, normal, in terms of your movie-going, maybe Sonic is the one. So sorry, yeah. Tyler, for my convoluted uh, <laughs> Rating, yeah. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, yeah, it might be just what you need right now. Yeah. Um, There's a couple of those playing at the sc- at, at, at Cineplex. Like, that type of yeah. movie, that, like, ex- very much escapism, dive-into-a-world movie, like Wonder Woman's playing... Um, Jumanji, The Next Level, which I want to talk about in a second. But, like, these movies are exactly what you're saying. They're very good to just escape and have yeah. fun. So maybe Sonic but, just fits in that way. But I think, like, it really makes me think of, like, the 
old style movie watching, right? Yeah. Like, do you really want to... Are we... It's hard to say who's going to be going to movies right now and what exactly that they want Yeah. when they go to the movies. Yeah. So, like, I'm thinking, like, they've obviously have included movies for families. Can you imagine trying to take, like, a five-year-old to a movie during COVID right now? Oh, it would be really like, tough. I wouldn't do it. two hours. Jumanji, the next level, two hours. And you're taking, like... Anyone under the age of 15 to see that movie and try to have them wear their masks for two hours, that's crazy. Like, honestly, if I was a parent during this time, even though I love movies and, like, I know that if I was a parent, taking my kids to the movie would be an important thing to me, I would rather just just buy it on demand and watch it at home. Yeah. Like, it, like I would, I would be doing that type of thing where it's like, okay – you know, yeah, everyone's getting bored or everyone's stuck inside. Okay, we're having Tuesday night movie nights and we'll just spend the money and, and buy whatever and just watch it at home so that you can hit snack and you don't have to worry about masks and there's no, like, concern there. Yeah, I, I 100% get what you're saying. I would find it very tough to bring more than myself and maybe another person to, to the movies at this point. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> what a, and they have another one of their classic collections is The Karate Kid. Yes. Um, I love that so, movie. I wanted to give a shout out to that movie. I think The Karate Kid's a fantastic movie. So I could see that with people maybe like our age going to see it for the nostalgia factor. But again, this movie runtime, two hours and 20 minutes, would I be introducing like a niece or nephew to this film right now? No. 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 We're going to, I would go, I would run out to classic video and rent it. Yes. Before I would I should note that I think probably, you know, the people who run movie theaters aren't idiots, so they are probably realize the same things I'm describing. Like, imagine bringing a 12-year-old to the movie right now. Um, the Cineplex right now, all of their movies are $5, and their Tuesday night movies are $3. So clearly, they are trying to get butts in the seats. And I think once you sit down, I know like what the regulations say, but I think once you sit down and you you can you you know you can pull your mask down or you can take it off to eat. And once you're sitting, I feel like once you're seated seating in in your seat and you're eating, people like even the Cineplex employees, like I think everyone's going to kind of give you space and understand that we're all kind of in this situation. So I do feel like people, for the most part, I mean, there's. Oh, Tons of different types of people out there. But for the most part, I feel like people are going to kind of give each other space, stay in their lane, stay in their zone. So it might be okay. Like they might, you know, anticipate the fact that like, you know, you you might have to run up and down for your kid here and there. But once you get them seated, it might actually be okay. Um, but there are also like shorter movies. Like I know that movie Sing was very popular, um, which they, they brought back. And it's a little bit of a shorter movie for like family. I think they do like, they, yeah, they're calling it their family favorite series. So they've got they've got a couple movies to kind of choose from at I least. I even think an hour forty eight is long. For yeah, our that is a little. I, I feel like you got to get it just under an hour and a half. Like hour twenty. Yeah. That's the sweet spot for like a family movie. Yeah. Hour thirty. Um, I saw Sing on an airplane. For me, it's definitely much an airplane rating. Yeah, you give um, it an airplane. <laughs> It's a fun movie, um, but would I run out to see it in theaters right now? No, you could not pay me yeah. to run out. Um, and again, oh, it's our family favorite. 
So, what, you're going to show up with your three, five, and eight-year-old and yeah. down for well, hour it's the it's the same with um with for me Bloodshot, which is the Vin Diesel movie I thought was Blood Quantum. Um, you like I haven't seen Bloodshot, but you couldn't pay me to go out to see that type of movie in this type of thing. Like I I want to see Jurassic Park because it's playing at the big theater at the Cineplex. I now want to see Blood Quantum <laughs> because Taylor convinced me. Um, but there's also like a, some like I was really interested in some of these um, uh, documentaries at the screening room. So those types of things that I can't find elsewhere. That's what I want to go to see. Uh, I, I don't want to go out and see a movie that I'm going to be kind of like, man, that was all right. Like that's to me, that's not like what this comes for. Yeah, yeah, my spy <laughs> is another one. Like you mentioned, you're interested to see the hunt. I want to see the hunt because there's this whole. I mean, look at its its tagline is decide for yourself. That's kind of like what I'm going into this movie thinking. Like, is this movie worth people getting so upset and canceling? Like that's kind of what I, I want to see the movie for that reason. I know. I wonder if decide for yourself if they did that. I mean, they must have. They must have did that after. They were like, we got to do this. Yeah, yeah. So, a little bit of background because, you know, this all happened pre-COVID for our fans. This was the movie that was canceled after a mass shooting in the fall. Yeah. And the studio said we're indefinitely shelving it. They weren't going to delay it coming out. They just were going to cancel it. And we talked a little bit about the show in terms of, you know, um, is it the place of studios to do this? Is it only adding fuel to the fire by canceling these things? It makes people want to see it more, blah, 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 blah. So, um, decide for yourself, wow, what a, what a middle finger to the people that, <laughs> you know, like, to the people who are like, it needs to be canceled. Absolutely. I think, oh my gosh, that alone well and that's the thing at this time we're going to choose our movie going a lot more carefully than normal now a lot of people um i realize aren't as fortunate as as you or i where we can go see you know we can go see a movie a week or we used to go see multiple movies and we kind of have that we kind of have that luxury um so some people always have to be picky and choosy but even for us hardcore movie goers we're all going to be picky and choosy right now and we're going to choose based upon things like that like that type of buzz (laughs) that type of interest you cannot, you can't pay for that type of publicity. No, you really, you like really, really can't. Um, just before we wrap up this week's episode, I do want to say something quickly about Jumanji, The Next Level. It's a movie that, again, I, I, one of the movies that I watched over COVID just because I wanted, I decided, okay, I'm going to get to movies that I never had a chance to see. This is a movie that I had described before, like the first Jumanji movie, not the, the original, but the first of these remakes a couple years ago was like the perfect Christmas movie. Perfect to just see over the December break. Kind of a lot of fun. Um, You know, I I get time off at Christmas just like a lot of people do. But, uh, you know, we do, I do my family stuff usually on Christmas Day and Boxing Day. And then I have a couple of days still off within a week where I like to go see movies, even if it's by myself. I really enjoy doing that. And this type of movie really fits that. I am very... um, I, I very much regret not going to see Jumanji the next level in theaters um, when it came out this past December. I do think it's a it's a really fun movie. It's not quite as good as the, the first remake, but it's a really good companion movie. It's, it's certainly perfect for children, but even someone who's just a fan of kind of the original Jumanji lore, it was a pleasant surprise. 
and I just wanted to give it that, even though I my, my rating for it would probably still be like a stream it, like it's a fun at home movie. I just wanted to give it a little bit of praise for the fact that uh, a lot of sequels can suffer from sequelitis, and I think this movie did a pretty good job of doing something similar uh, as the first movie, but changing it up enough that I was entertained, I laughed, I enjoyed it on a random uh random weekday night where I didn't have any I didn't have any sports didn't have anything to watch I threw it on uh, on my demand and, and I, I really loved it um, but that brings us to the end of this week's episode um, thank you again everybody just a quick reminder that next week we won't have fan questions as well because we did some pre-recording but next week we're going to talk about summer movies um, and kind of fun fun little themed episode we haven't done that in a while um, so we'll talk about that next week and then the week after which is August 18th we'll be back uh, probably telling tales of our movie going experience and setting fingers up crossed. fingers crossed yeah and setting up for what the fall may look like because as of right now as of right now the week after we get back major studios are start are have announced they're going to start releasing movies at least worldwide not necessarily in the states but at least worldwide so we might have some new movies to talk about canada might get some of them so we'll look forward to that and just as a reminder um, make sure you check everyone's COVID guidelines, whether it be Cineplex or the screening room. Um, make sure that you're following all the rules. Um, no one wants to be disappointed when they show up and uh, maybe you haven't bought your tickets in advance, but that's a big thing right now. Um, yeah, we don't want anyone being disappointed and we want everyone to stay safe. So make sure you educate yourself before you go out to the movies. And it's really easy to buy tickets on the Screening Room website. I did it this weekend. Uh, it took about two seconds. It was very, very fast, very easy, very user-friendly. So, go see some movies. Thank you for listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast. Recorded at CFRC at Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario. Queen's University sits on the traditional lands of the Haudenosaunee and Anishabi peoples. We would like to thank the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences and the CFRC Podcast Network. <laughs>